coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about the massive upcoming game between Chelsea and Liverpool. We'll continue our Build a Squad series by picking keepers and a formation. Thanks, Kev, for each of our teams. And we'll give away a signed EPL player card. But first, Kev, didn't you say something about if Liverpool lost twice, you yeah. wouldn't be back on yeah. the show? Yeah, you're what welcome. Happened? You're welcome. <laughs> he powered through. I'm here. He powered I'm through. here. <laughs> I was, man... What a bad week for for Liverpool. I mean, we we go unbeaten at Anfield in 2016, and then I think it it was over the course of seven days, something close to it. We lose three home games back to back to back against opposition we really shouldn't lose to. Um, Well, yeah, no, three, yeah, Swansea, Southampton in the second leg of the League Cup semifinal, and uh, Wolves. Right, I think that's right. That's right, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, so it's it's not it's not good. We're out of the cups. Um, well, I guess. Well, are we just jumping right into Liverpool, like v Chelsea build up, or let's let's do it. Let's go. Let's okay. go right into it. Because I mean, okay, just the the setup for this game. So Liverpool play Chelsea. Depending on when you're listening to it, it might be today. Um, it might be tomorrow if you're a night owl, um, which I am not. Um, this this is a game where if you're anywhere near the top six, you are a Liverpool fan tomorrow because yeah. we need to keep Chelsea from getting points. Ironically enough, Conte came out in an article today like, we want to smash Liverpool and just like crush them because if they go 13 points back, they could make it up, but it's going to be really, really hard and debilitating. So this is the game that I think everybody needs to watch. Um, but Kev, do you wanna you wanna get into this here? I mean, obviously it's at Anfield. How yeah. how confident are you that uh, that Liverpool get I mean, a result here? It's weird. Um, I'll, I'd switch back and forth between confidence and frightfulness on a daily basis. Um, obviously, our run of form is not good. Um, you know, the fact that Mane is finally coming back, but I would be absolutely shocked. If he was in the starting 11, more reasonable if he was maybe on the bench. But even still, I feel like he's probably not going to be in the best position to to make a contribution. There was an article where the team actually sent a private jet to pick him yeah. up. But there was some paperwork error where he wasn't allowed to get on the private jet. So he ended up getting back late. I think he's back with the team now, but he wasn't yeah. there in time to make the training session yesterday. Um, I didn't see whether or not he was able to train with the team today. The team hasn't. I don't think the team's lost when he's been on the field. So I think even if you're Klopp, you at least gotta put him on the bench, right? I mean, <laughs> he's like your rabbit's foot at this point. Yeah, just exactly. Just... Well, it's 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 not only the combination of him maybe being a bit physically tired after all the games and the travel and all that kind of stuff, but um, how uh, they went out of the African Cup of Nations was in penalties and it was actually his penalty that he missed that put his nation out and there's there's a you know videos going yeah. around of him being just absolutely distraught I mean like his 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 teammates trying to like pick him up and he's just like his legs are collapsing and he's you know it looks like he's maybe crying and and all this other stuff and you could tell was, I mean emotionally psychologically I mean that 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 took a toll on him so yeah, I mean, it, me personally, I would just say, look, recover, don't worry about this game. 
because I think the interesting thing is after this, I mean, what we've had, I think, I think the number is 10 games in 29 days, which is crazy. Um, and then, but over like the entire month of February, I think we only have three games, which is, which is kind of nuts. And, you know, the fact that we're out now of both, um, both cup, uh, both cup competitions, we only have Premier League games to worry about from, this is from it. here on out. This is all the marbles. Yeah. And, and I think Klopp thrives when he has time with his team on the training pitch. And he's absolutely going to get that over the course of this, you know, for, well, from now until the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, as far as how I feel about the Chelsea game, like I said in, the la- in last week's podcast, it makes it binary. If, if we win, great, we're back in the title hunt, maybe. If we lose, we're not. We're, that, that's it. We're realistically, we're not going to get the title. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I actually think we couldn't get a result because we just generally play better against better teams. Um, but that's uh, true. we'll see. Yeah. I was going to say, a win will put Chelsea at 58 points. Um, Arsenal uh, are currently sitting at 47 um, so what nine points back can I do math no 11, 11 points, points back but Arsenal also play tomorrow as well so yeah and it's it, it, and it's Klopp even made the point in his press conference today where he said you know losing three games obviously is not great but at least we lost three games in three different competitions which is better than losing three games in one competition so you know it uh, if we, if we take back and take a broader broader view of this at the beginning of the season you know if you said okay going into february you're going to be um what we're in third or fourth regardless we're two points off second mm-hmm. and and if if you would have given i i would have i would have like all right yeah like that's that that puts us within a fighting chance of of maybe you know putting together a good a good run of games in the springtime and then anything can happen but it's just all wrapped up like we've been talking about over the past month, wrapped up in this context of Chelsea just being amazing <laughs> this season. That's just that's making it more difficult for everyone. I mean, this is actually kind of brings me to what I was thinking when you said like everyone's a Liverpool fan tomorrow or you know tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, I I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm obviously Everton fan. Probably not going to be a Liverpool fan no matter what. But <laughs> despite that, I'm thinking realistically Chelsea stays on top okay I would rather have them be way out ahead than have these second third fourth place teams be farther up in the points as well (laughs) so maybe just like the farther out they get the more points they suck from the top couple teams the more likely a you know fifth or sixth place team or seventh Everton Everton um (laughs) has a chance to get in there to the top four or (laughs) so right it's it's like if we can all collectively agree that Chelsea's it's their title then yeah it completely makes sense just let them keep winning and taking points off of everyone else so that your team has a better chance yeah no that completely (laughs) makes sense but it's just it's just whether or not Arsenal fans Tottenham fans City fans want to say like want to admit to that kind of thing you know it's not our year. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, so things could go really good for Chelsea over this week because there's two. There's essentially two game weeks going on here. We have the midweek games, and there's also the games on the weekend. Chelsea have Liverpool today or 
tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. And then they have Arsenal on Saturday. Arsenal are currently sitting in second. Now, if they pick up, you know, six points out of those games, then see you, Chelsea. They're on their way to winning. But considering they're playing two top four teams back-to-back like that, there's a chance that we could be looking at a completely, not I shouldn't say a completely different table, but yeah. if Liverpool is able to win, that keeps Chelsea at 55, Liverpool are now at 48. If Arsenal are able to win and basically keep Chelsea at 55 over two game weeks, realistically, if Arsenal pick up two wins this week, they could be sitting at 53 and Chelsea at 55. That's a lot, and lot closer. Like, yeah. That's a lot closer. Realistically, let's, let's, let's do this. Do we think it's going to happen? Josh, as the quote-unquote neutral here, what do you what do you think is going to happen in the uh, Chelsea Liverpool game? Realistically, how Chelsea's going to win. Shakes up. You think? There, yeah. There's like no no nah, one else. Nah, no, nah. no, no. <laughs> Chelsea's going to win. Um, do you think it's close, or do you think they it, run away it could be it? close? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much I want to give Liverpool the the benefit of the doubt. The fact that they play better against better teams. Um, if if I'm just going off their last couple of performances, I don't think they have a chance. But you know, that that felt possible. like a total concession. Just like you know what? Yeah, sure. Let them think it'll be close. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be close. Kev, as the obvious unneutral here, what? How do you think this realistically? Can you be realistic about? Yeah, this? no, I can. I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I like yeah. If I if I was a betting man, then no, I I wouldn't be putting money on a Liverpool win uh, on t- tomorrow. Um, but of course, I, I you know it's less than a fifty percent chance. But I, yeah, I, I if we turn up and and get and get a result tomorrow, I I wouldn't be entirely shocked. Let's put it this way. I, I was I would be more like shocked from like a six one win over Watford earlier in the season than if we won like one nil or something against Chelsea, um, because I think the other thing is the the other the other kind of thing I can hold my hat on with this Liverpool team is I think when the chips are down tactically Klopp and his team are are very good I I, I think. And when I say his team, I mean him and his assistant managers. They're they're all kind of this like three headed trio that's known to to Liverpool fans. Um, they're pretty tactfully switched on, and I think a system like a three four three, you know, when it works, it works. But there are holes that could, that it can be got at, and 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 hopefully we can exploit those. Uh, I think there are ways to. I mean, for example. You know, Moses and Alonso have been huge for Chelsea this season. Um, you know, Moses, arguably the most improved player over the course of the season. Alonso is one of their most important players. Um, and, and there are ways to kind of pin them back and almost say, okay, you know, just put Origi high and wide, like right between um, Moses and Espilicueta, and just kind of force Moses to make that decision of, you know, am I going to leave him one on one with Aspilicueta and just and and have more uh, freedom to go and attack, or you know, do I need to kind of sit back a bit more and, and kind of help my third center back out? And so, uh, you know, there there are risky tactics that you can employ that kind of really force Chelsea to make some tough decisions. Um, 
you know, whether or not we can pull that off is another question. And Mane, because Mane would, would help. I mean, what helps in this system is having fast, wide players. Um, we have some players in our squad that do that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, long story short, no. I, I mean, I, realistically, my money's on Chelsea to, to, to get three points here. Um, but, you know, I'm, I still hold out hope. Does it, if you're a Liverpool and the game is nil-nil going into the 85th minute. Are you can, yeah. can can you deal with a draw? I mean, it feels like you have to go for the win. Right? I mean, it it would be great to get a point from the league leaders and I think that Klopp's going to say, you know, a point is a point, but it's weird. I mean, because I think earlier in the season when we had United at Old Trafford, I think we had a similar conversation, and the consensus was a draw doesn't help anyone because of the run that Chelsea were on. So because you needed to kind of keep pace with Chelsea. A draw in this situation, while it's not ideal, it doesn't push us 13 points back, which is big. And I think, like I said, I'm, I'm really optimistic for the, for the, like, for the home stretch for Liverpool. We get we get Mane back. We're not going to have to, you know, use our depth of squad here. We're going to have time on the training pitch. We're going to have breaks between games. We can really kind of put out a consistent starting 11 like we saw at the beginning of the season in the fall when we had Henderson, Wijnaldum, Lallana from, you know, Coutinho, Mane. I, I expect to see that same six kind of week in, week out, pretty much from now oh, after the Chelsea game until the end of the season. And I think that bodes extremely well for results for us. So because of that, no. I, yeah, I'm I, going into the 85th minute, I wouldn't say throw everything at them and try to get three points here. Um, it also depends on the context of the game. If we're, if we're really in the ascendancy, then I say, sure, you know, push for three points, see what happens. But if we're really trying to defend, of course, you don't take any risks. And, and I think a nil-nil is, is fine in, in this situation. I mean, I could realistically see this game shake out similar to the Swansea match for Liverpool. I could see Chelsea going into yeah. Anfield and say, come on and try to beat us. And we have Costa and we have Hazard and we have Pedro that are going to hit you on the counter. I think the only way without Mane that Liverpool gets this done is if they watched the Spurs game against Chelsea and took good notes and watched how every time Hazard got the ball, every time Pedro got the ball, they were on them like flies on crap so that they could not distribute the ball to Costa. Costa touched the ball almost nothing in that game, and that was how Spurs were able to take it to them. And I think if Chelsea's going to hunker down and Liverpool's going to try to take it at them, they're going to try to quickly counter. And if Liverpool can snuff out that counter while Chelsea's stretching a little bit, they're going to find some of those gaps and they're going to get a chance. But I think that's the only way they do it. And, and I think I'm worried without Mane, it's not going to happen. You, um, you're right with the Swansea comparison. I think it's been even the the Wolves manager that we played midweek, Paul Lambert, mentioned like in the press conference, like, yeah, like we like it's not a secret how you beat Liverpool. Like we knew what we needed to do. We just sat deep and had on the counter, stayed narrow, forced them out wide. And so that that is a slight worry is. It, it's obvious how you play against Liverpool now, and that's obviously not good. Um, but on on the kind of flip side of it, another thing, the, another reason that I'm hopeful is the the City result, um, where 
that was a that was a game where we were by no means I would say the better team, but we still walk out of there with a one no win, um, and and it was a one no win that we grinded out. We were very strong defensively as far as clawing up the midfield, not letting their you know marquee players dictate the game, um, and and we got a result, and and so that was. That was that was that was a game that I haven't seen Liverpool kind of play like in a long time, and they proved to me that they can do it. And so, against a really, not only a really talented group of players, but a really tactfully aware manager and Pep. So, you know, I that that's that's another reason to hope against Chelsea. But but you're right. I mean, as far as out of all the teams in the Premier League right now, that that kind of you know are strong defensively and, and hit you on the counter. Chelsea has to be the best team with it. Yeah. So I didn't give my actual prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, gosh, I think I feel like this is gonna be so close. Um, I'm gonna say that it's a one-one draw with a flurry of Liverpool chances at the end, but Chelsea just shut the door. Um, so yeah, but you know, again. I think everybody should be watching this very, very keenly. You know, in Josh's case, you want the 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 race to be over and the battle for the middle to begin, <laughs> or if you want the race for the top to to keep going and uh, and include a few more teams. So, this is going to be one of those defining games. And honestly, we're not going to talk again before the Chelsea Arsenal game. So, there's a lot that can happen between yeah. basically two sets of game weeks that are going to make this really interesting. So, stay tuned. Um, Moving on, because I feel like we talked about this game a lot. Uh, so last week we introduced a segment called Build a Squad, where basically the three of us, we get to build a, a team from scratch. It's kind of like fantasy, except it's not, because we get to pick a manager, we get to pick a formation. And the general idea is we're starting a Premier League cl- club from scratch. Um, and basically all the players, all the coaches are at our disposal. And so today... Um, We're going to pick our formations, and we're going to pick our keepers. Last week, we picked our managers. So, Kev, surprisingly, went with Klopp. Uh, Josh went with Arsene Wenger, and I actually went with Conte. Um, Keepers are an interesting position because... By by the way, before we get too deep into this, I I just want to make sure... Was my obvious assumption that all these managers and players that we're picking are Premier League managers and Premier League players? See, here's the thing. That's what I was going with. I... Uh, I don't think it has to be. Okay. I I, I worked. I Ooh. yeah. When I because you picked the keeper that isn't. Um. No, not necessarily. I was just because now that just opens up. You know. Yes. Some striker opportunity. It does. But. Yes. It, <laughs> yes. You could you could pick anyway. But the general idea is that you're building a team for the Premier League. So sure. we know that there's a certain weight uh, that you can add to a player if they have experience playing in the Premier League versus. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody like a Bohan who, uh, you know, was this Spanish wonder kid who comes from Premier League and just, yeah, I heard he got trans. I think he got transferred somewhere else now. So, um, so uh, let's do keepers and then we'll pick formation because I feel like keepers are sort of independent of formation, unless you disagree. Um, but uh, I think keepers are interesting um, because they can be manager independent unlike some of the other players and i say that with a caveat um ultimately you want someone that's going to stop shots take charge organize the back line and often you can get that you know irrespective of the formation that as a manager wants to employ 
The biggest difference that I see, and you guys are welcome to disagree with me, is basically whether or not a keeper is good with his feet. And this is the one case where, you know, we've talked a lot about Pep and Claudio Bravo, where rather than going with somebody who's a shot stopper, which Claudio Bravo was not, he went with somebody that's really good with his feet. So if you have somebody like Pep, which we don't, then you may want somebody that's good with their feet. But um, I don't know if any of our managers are really looking for somebody that's going to pass the ball out of the back constantly. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, Josh, would you like to kick us off with your keeper? So I picked my keeper, then I just looked at our notes, and I realized you picked the same keeper. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so I feel bad about that. But, well. Go for it. Lord, uh, you can even Lord's. read my notes if you want. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not looking at your notes <laughs> on purpose. I'm just not going to look at them. Um, so Hugo Loris uh, for Tottenham. Uh, mostly because I was looking at, you know, who has the least amount of goals this season uh, to see, like, you know, who's really good, obviously. And Chelsea does, technically. But I feel like Chelsea gets a lot from their back line, a lot more. Whereas I feel like Hugo is actually a player who – has been put to a test a lot more this season. Uh, in the last season, too. Like, he, he just – he has to show up more often <laughs> than I think a Chelsea keeper does. So that's why I ended up going with him instead. So not too yeah. much thought behind that, other than the fact that least amount of goals scored against him, and he does the most work, I feel. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll add to that. Um, you know, I, it's obviously the homer pick for me. I don't know how many Spurs players I'm going to end up with on my squad, but I think the fact that he's only 28, so he's still relatively young for a keeper, so you can hold on to him for a while. You're sort of building a foundation. He is the Spurs captain, so you want some, I mean, sort of just takes command of that team. You could tell that the emphasis, he, he's able to take a lot of pressure. He's also been the captain of the French national team as well. So he's young, he's experienced, he can take the pressure. He's played in the Premier League. Um, you know, I considered looking there are some great keepers in both the Spanish League and the German League. But, you know, again, that added emphasis of somebody in the Premier League. And, yeah, you know, he's widely regarded as one of the best keepers in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's why I went with Lloris as well. Kev, did, did you pick Did you pick Hugo Lloris as well? No, man. I was... <laughs> feel like I'm excited. Okay. All right. So my, 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 uh, my reasoning was I, I was originally thinking of De Gea, um, especially because of, because of his age. He's 26. He's primarily broken in. Um, and the amount of times I watched him just save points for United last season was ridiculous. Um, he's, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was going to go with him. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Manuel Noya um, from Bayern Munich. Um, uh, okay. he's, he's 30, but, I mean, hey, Gigi Buffon's playing and he's 39 years old, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting Keeper, this. Keep, keepers are a special beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Noya is just like, I've, I mean, I I don't watch Munich play a lot, but I've seen a lot of highlights from this guy and he really seems to be kind of the full package. He can play with his feet. He's a, he's a unit. He's the German, you know, he's been starting for Germany for a while now. He's 30 years old. He's experienced. He's, I, I, I would say 
he's probably the uncontested best goalkeeper in the world right now. And I, I would just... I want something, especially being a Liverpool fan, there's been so much kind of uncertainty around the goalkeeper position for so long. It'd be so nice to just have a complete pillar back there that everything can kind of build behind, and uh, Manuel Neuer is, is, is that guy for me. Yeah, can't really argue with that. I guess my only thing is is the um, you know Premier League experience or lack thereof. But again, I think if any position is sort of... Um, absolved of that it would be keeper i mean your job is back there to stop shots and take control of your line um you don't get into the physicality as much or there's a whole sweeper keeper aspect to it like some coaches really want a sweeper keeper um which you know that that can play into it but i agree yeah okay so uh so there's our keepers Kev, you mentioned uh, formations. Do you have a formation in mind? That you yes, and it's controversial. Um, it's a one-seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Bumblebee Soccer. It's actually, there's no positions. You just a zero go. zero ten. <laughs> um, no, so it's controversial because I think, in my knowledge, throughout his time, I mean, so once again, my manager's Klopp. Throughout his time at Dortmund. And so far at Liverpool, he's always kind of played a combination of either a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. And I'm actually going to force him into a bit of discomfort because I think this formation is just a bit better suited to the Premier League. Even though it doesn't sound like it at first, but I'm going to explain why. I'm going to go with a 4-4-2. Classy. (laughs) <laughs> well, so that is right. I mean, so that's that's like the classic formation in England, and it's been kind of laughed at, maybe over the past five six years, much more in favor of the four two three one. I think, especially in the games that we, I, I've seen Liverpool play against, there comes a time where, especially if you have your two wide midfielders be be more like wingers, it ends up kind of being like four forwards on the pitch. I think. At times, Klopp has been under criticism for just not being attacking enough in a lot of these games that teams just sit back on. And, you know, in the Swansea game, we had like four, you know, we, we had Sean, Lalana, Wijnaldum, and Henderson, and like, you know, Firmino and Coutinho. No, no, like with, with a 4 4 2, it allows you to be a bit more adaptable and just be like, look, two strikers up front. And two wingers that could potentially be attackers, depending on the situation. So it just kind of puts more of an emphasis on: look, if you want to sit back, this position—I think this formation would allow the flexibility to maybe attack more. At the same time, sorry, I'm going very in depth with this one, but I've thought about this for a while. Um, Klopp has been noted to be a big uh, proponent of this old Italian manager named Arrigo Sacchi. And uh, he, Saki, was mainly played a 4-4-2. I think it was in the late 70s, early 80s in Italy. And um, he kind of had this idea of just very fluid soccer. Uh, A a lot of the player positions, you know, he wanted defenders that could play forwards and forwards that could be defenders. Everyone kind of playing the same system and everything nice and compact. The team moves as a unit. Everything that Klopp kind of employs. Um, And so I think... If set up the right way, I think the four four two would allow that. So, that's why I'm going with that. Hmm. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was. I feel like I was a buzzkill for the entire thing. <laughs> I'm falling asleep over here, Kev, so thanks. I appreciate that. I was. Uh, so I was gonna go with a because you know my manager's Conte, and there's a lot of talk about how he switched to a three-four-three, and you know how they're sweeping the nation with playing a three-four-three, and now everybody wants to play a three-four-three. So I was just gonna say three-four-three, but just to mix it up a bit, I said a three-five-two um, because I I started thinking back to you know when I played in high school, and uh, everybody played the diamond defense where you had the sweeper and the stopper and like when i think about that i'm like really that's that's almost like a depending on how you line up it's like a three four three or like a three five two where your stopper is really just a defensive midfielder um so just to mix things up a bit and make it more difficult on myself in terms of building out the team i went with a three five two just keep another person in the midfield um, and giving more support for the striker. So I don't have just a lone striker that I'm banking everything on. I'd like to have, you know, maybe more of a technical striker um, who's uh, smaller, quicker, but then also have the big body that can handle crosses um, and, and get things into the net. And I think rather than going with a, you know, something like a just having a lone striker up top, having two can, can help me facilitate that. So... Whether or not Conte can play that way, I don't know. But uh, that's part of the fun of this. So, Josh, you got a formation for us? Yeah, 3-4-3, three, three, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really just because of the fact that I know this team's going to be stacked with a lot of talent. And I feel like because of that, you can get away with having the three in the back instead of the four. And the fact that you want more people up front because you're going to have all this talent. And so why not? You have it. Use it. Um, and it also helps that, you know, Chelsea is – rocking it with that formation but yeah yeah no i agree i agree so there's our picks let us know what your picks are if you have a keeper that you absolutely could not live without or a formation that you think is going to sweep the nation make sure you let us know on twitter at 3pl pod um and uh and we'll discuss um but uh let's let's move on let's do just a little bit of fantasy talk i am pumped because i am moving up i am now in 10th after stomping I'm going to say stomping our league leader and trib redder, Matt Grubba. Sorry, Matt. 56 to He's 37. Not sorry. He's, yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. We still like you, Matt. Don't worry. Um, I, I basically made one move this week. I transferred out Lalana to bring in Matt Phillips from West Brom, basically just freeing up some cash so that later I can get a better striker. But the interesting thing is that this week I face Josh's wife, Liz, who currently sits in second place in our league. So, sorry, Liz. I'm looking down to take down number one and two in back-to-back weeks. Although, I'm going to go ahead and predict that I'm going to lose this week to Liz just because <laughs> I have some I have some Chelsea and Liverpool players that I think are going to cancel each other out. So. Does anyone know the status of Aguero? Is he, is he not okay? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. He's yellow on my team right now, and it makes me really scared. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah. I've I've no idea what's going on with the war. I dumped him a while ago, and I've sort of just kept a blind eye to. I dumped him a while ago, and then he came back, and I was like, okay, let's do this again. And I signed him back, and since I signed him, I don't think he's done anything for me so far. And I'm just like, it's gonna happen, guys. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be just like old times. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Dump him, Josh. No. Dump him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kev, you got anything going on over there? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I used a wild card, and uh, Ooh, which, like what'd, you do, what'd you do with your wild card? 
I mean, I, like I, I mentioned last week, I just, it was complete line change. Yeah. Like, I didn't care if you were good and actually getting me points, you're out. Like, I, I don't want to see your face again. It's just whole new bodies. <laughs> you're all dead to me. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. You know, we got Sanchez. I brought Sanchez in. I brought, you know, some top defenders in and then kind of filled in the rest of my squad with uh, what I, I have. Uh, Andy Carroll, Defoe, and Kane up top for me, um, which I'm actually reasonably happy about. I think those are kind of strikers that might fly under the radar, but still aren't, aren't the fashionable picks, but still get points. Who are you um, capping? Like, who do you want to put the cap on? I, well, Sanchez this week, because they have Wofford. Um, but, uh, I mean, Kane maybe, because they have Sunderland as well. I mean, so I'm, I'm hoping for a big week this week. for. I'm, I'm rolling for, with for Kane team. for the captain this week. Um, I have Sanchez right now, but uh, I can be tempted into Kane pretty easily. Um, I'm do we like, all have Sanchez and Kane? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to do something great well crazy crazy in terms of how people talk about fpl but uh i'm i'm highly considering captaining somebody like kyle walker really or somebody like baines um everton's playing stoke this week and the past few weeks i've been picking up points from my defense for uh shutouts or clean sheets sorry and i think somebody like kyle walker the risk with him is that he's always going to pick up a yellow but uh, the fact that he gets so into plays and he also gets four points for clean sheets, I could see him getting more points than Kane this week. Um, I mean, but I feel but, like that's a risk. Yeah, but I would say so because usually, even if your backline does good, they give you like six points. Every once in a while, they'll get a goal and it's awesome. But normally, you're looking at like six points for a clean sheet. That's case sheet. scenario. Yeah. So you're looking at 12 points if you cap it them. Um, I, I feel like the risk reward, there's a lot more reward for forward who's going to get a goal because as soon as he gets a goal that's where he's at anyway so i don't know yeah. if it's really or at least a midfielder because then i mean I think they get four points for the goals it it makes you it just i guess it brings up the question of what do you feel more confident in do you feel more confident that somebody's going to score or do you feel more confident that the defender is going to get a clean sheet and it's it's tricky so yeah so yeah that's uh that's what's going on in fantasy um, we keep talking about fantasy because we know that our fans out there like fantasy because somebody actually left us a review. So we <laughs> talked about last week how we're doing this player card giveaway and we're giving away a signed copy of uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's book. Um, thanks again to our buddy Richard Nightingale. After all the hype, after everything, we had one, one new review on iTunes. So, you know Winner, what? winner. <laughs> winner, winner. That is an easy win for Clumber Kim who wrote... I'll confess to sometimes skipping ahead to the FPL portion of the show since I'm in a league with these guys, but the PL match recaps are great too. How about a little man you love once in a while? Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> thanks for Kim, the review. That, that means that we'd have to like man you. But no, uh, I can't. Uh, we, we no, play. I have nothing against man you. I, I actually yes, don't you have it. Do. No, Stop I don't. It. I don't. I don't have a strong hatred for man you. In fact, I, I will watch them over other teams. Uh, you know, other other red teams at least. Uh, so, <laughs> zing. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, I've I've talked to a couple of Man U fans outside of the show, and I, I do think that they are a scary team, and I do think that they're a 
interesting team. I was going to use the word fun team, but I'll say interesting. But it has nothing, for me, it has almost nothing to do with the fact that they're Man United and has almost everything to do with the fact that they have Jose Mourinho as their manager. So I guess you could take that as consolation. But uh, but don't Here. worry. You, you want you want the one time a Liverpool fan will praise you know I feel like everyone's doing it let me just let me get it out of the way I will say I am very impressed with how United run their club they they've ran they've ran their club extremely well they had the foresight to build the massive stadium they're reaping the benefits they get all these match day ticket sales they have they they react to everything really well so notice he didn't say anything about the play on the field he said nope. you are business people <laughs> um, savvy uh, in suits uh, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but don't worry, Kim. I'm sure that we will talk some Man U here coming up, especially down the stretch run. Um, if nothing else, just for you because you're the only one that went out and left us a review so far. So big thanks to you for the review. DM us your information on Twitter, and we will send you a signed player card from your team, Man United. So uh, you could check for that in the mail once you send us your information. Um, and obviously, you're also entered to win a copy of Leading, signed by Sir Alex Ferguson. So as everyone else can see, this is a pretty easy contest to win. All Kim did was click over to iTunes, leave us a review, and she got a free signed player card, just like that. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Odds are pretty good at this point that you're going to end up with something free, whether it's a player card or a signed Alex Ferguson book. So what have you got to lose? It ultimately helps spread the word about the show and helps keeps us doing what we're doing. So it's just a little small thing that we're asking you so that we can keep doing this. So please head over to iTunes and do it. Otherwise, I think that's it for the show. Thanks again to everybody for listening. As always, you can find more great, beautiful game podcasts over at BGN.FM. You can email us at 3PL at BGM.FM. Follow us on Twitter at 3PL pod. Um, for those of you who are also uh, local Pittsburgh Riverhounds fans, um, we have a show coming out probably later today, depending upon when you're listening to this, where we talk to owner Tuffy Schallenberger, which was a great show. So make sure you go check that out. Two rounds of games between now and our next show, so we'll have a ton to discuss next week. So you better believe that we're going to talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. This is the 3PL Premier League podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.